This morning we begin our Advent series called Prepare the Way for the Lord. Uh, A lot of it is going to center on the person and work of John the Baptist uh, during this season. And today we actually are going to begin back with the Annunciation uh, of John the Baptist to Zechariah, his father, uh, starting in Luke 1, verse 5. During the rule of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to become pregnant and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. Following the customs of priestly service, he was chosen by lottery to go into the Lord's sanctuary and burn incense. All the people who gathered to worship were praying outside during this hour of incense offering. An angel from the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will give birth to your son and you must name him John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many people will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine and liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He will go forth before the Lord equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and he will turn the disobedient into righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. company is coming over. And I recognize the frantic pace, the hour before any company would arrive at my house growing up. All of a sudden, we had to clean and pick up all of the things. And as a kid, I didn't understand why our friends couldn't just see the house the way that it was. But all I know is that I would stuff things into my closet or clear them out of the living room and then wait by the window for the company to come. It was exciting, this preparation. I never understood why the company wasn't on time. I didn't understand the grace of fashionably late, except for when my grandparents were the company who were always 15 minutes early and all the things hadn't been properly put away yet. You see, Advent is about making preparations for the special guest to come. In ancient Roman culture, if a dignitary was going to visit another land, it was called an Adventus. A special messenger was sent ahead to make sure they were were prepared to receive the foreign leader. I think about preparations that get made today when there's going to be a state dinner at the White House for a foreign leader or dignitary when they come to visit. Months, probably years, are spent by staff members determining how to decorate for the dinner. What types of food will showcase the harmony between the two cultures? And what type of entertainment will best suit the guest of honor? It's a preparation for someone's coming, and it's very important. 
a little more important than our frantic house cleaning before the guests arrive. With the formal introduction of Luke's gospel and the phrase during the rule of King Herod, we would expect a litany of military generals or important dignitaries to follow. That's what happened in those times. They would introduce it, and then you would find out exactly who the important players and people were. And instead, we are introduced to these two really ordinary characters, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And what we find out about Zechariah and Elizabeth within the first couple of sentences introducing them is that they had been unable to have children. Like many couples, this wasn't for a lack of desire for children. And in Israel at this time, As in many cultures throughout history, bearing children was a sign of prosperity and blessing and all things good. And Zechariah and Elizabeth have not experienced this blessing. In the same way, Israel felt barren. They were an occupied nation and had not had a prophet in their land since Malachi, over 400 years before. They were waiting and waiting for something that had to seem futile. A prophet who would herald the news that the Messiah was finally coming, but it was starting to feel hopeless. The story of Israel is full of couples who experienced infertility. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Rachel, Elkanah and Hannah, And in this culture, barrenness was regarded as a tragedy, a disgrace, and maybe even a sign of God's punishment. (coughs) Yet we know that these women are a rich tradition of people whom God has worked powerfully through. And we know that Zechariah and Elizabeth were barren not because of anything that they had done. We are told that they were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of the Lord's commandments and regulations. There was no sinfulness that caused their infertility. They had simply been unable to conceive. This is the problem that we are presented with in this story. A couple from one of the priestly lines wants a baby, and they haven't been able to have one for years and years. For about two weeks every year, Zechariah traveled to Jerusalem to be the priest for that time. Think of temple priests during that time almost like the military reserve. They had a specified period each year where they would go and do their service. In this case, it was a two-week period. There weren't just temple priests who lived there full-time and did the work. Instead, people had two-week shifts where they would go and serve. And while they performed their priestly duties, taking care of the worshiping life of Jerusalem, they would draw a name to perform the incense offering that day. And after decades of being a priest, Zechariah's name was finally called that day to have this role of the incense offering. I wonder what Zechariah was doing as he prepared to go into the holy place within the temple. Was he nervous? unsure of what he would encounter, even though all the other priests had talked about it for years and years and they had trained for this? Or did Zechariah begin to pray that for that desire that he and Elizabeth had prayed for their entire lives? 
Maybe Zechariah figured this was the closest he was ever going to get to God's presence, so he better request it now. Perhaps he prayed all along the walk as he took the incense into the temple. Zechariah is going about his priestly role on one of the most anticipated days in his priesthood. The presence of God shows up in an angel. And Zechariah is surprised and terrified at this reality. He thought that he was going to be in the temple alone. And and then someone was right next to the altar, ready to deliver him a message. In the midst of Israel's everyday worshiping life, God shows up. And what does the angel say to him? Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been answered. God only knows how long Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying. Was it 30 years? Was it 40 years? They had to feel like God wasn't hearing them at all. Many people who struggle to have a child feel the same way. Like God isn't listening to them. But the angel tells them that him and Elizabeth will have a son and his name will be John. John meaning the Lord is gracious. So John the Baptist could not just drop in on the scene like Matthew kind of seems to present, right? Like all of a sudden there was someone in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. No, even the one called to prepare the way needed parents who were faithful. Parents who continued to seek God's will in their lives even though they couldn't understand. Finally, after years, after decades, God has heard their prayers. Finally, after hundreds of years, God has heard Israel's prayers. The era of the Messiah is about to begin. We knew this would be special. Stories that start with angels and messages from God show us that something new and different and exciting is happening. John's role is going to be prepare the people for an advent. For the coming of a king who is unlike any that they have ever seen. A leader whose ways will seem foreign and strange because they are the ways of God's very self. So the angel shares what to expect with John's birth to Zechariah. He first tells them that he will be a joy and a delight to his parents. This joy and delight is the spontaneous response to God's action all throughout Luke's gospel. Zechariah and Elizabeth are the first to experience this joy in Luke's story. It tells us then that John will be filled with the Holy Spirit before his birth. This is amazing. It shows that John is going to be in this tradition of the prophets. This is a reminder that in this story, God is the main actor. God will make this pregnancy come about and God will fill John even before his birth. John will be set apart with this special role of preparing the way. John also then is going to bring many Israelites back to the Lord. Part of John's role is helping people recognize the Messiah when he is there in front of them. (coughs) So we will talk about his role in helping people turn 
and repent back to God's intention for their lives. John then will also be equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. This is not just a saying or a title. In Christian interpretation, Elijah would return before the coming kingdom of God. Elijah was one of the most powerful prophets and has this aura of mystery around him. For Elijah was taken up to heaven and never really died. Kind of a precursor to the resurrection. So to have the spirit and power of Elijah was a powerful prediction about John the Baptist. And finally, John's role would be to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There would be no better news to Zechariah, a faithful priest of Israel, than this. The entirety of John's ministry can be summed up by this one sentence. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's what we want to do together during Advent. To be made ready for the Lord's coming. I'm amazed in this story by this one fact alone. Zechariah was in the Lord's temple, literally thought by the Jews to be God's house and dwelling place, and Zechariah is shocked that the angel is there. I wonder what would happen if God showed up in worship. Would we know and recognize God's presence? Or are we so focused on what we are supposed to be doing, ticking off items in the service like they're a checklist as soon as they're done, that we forget about who is the focus of our worship? How is God working through your ordinary and mundane life? Maybe it feels like God isn't at all, like you're not significant enough or religious enough. But the promise from scripture is that in our ordinary lives, in Zechariah's daily priestly duties that happened every single day in Jerusalem, that had been happening for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before that, it's there where God shows up. So where in your ordinary life is God showing up? And what if God has heard your prayers, even if it feels like they're long gone? Maybe you prayed for something forever, and it never came to pass. Or you moved on from it, but your heart still lingers in that place with that prayer. Zechariah's story reminds us it is never too late for those who wait upon the Lord. Friends, God is here, ready, ready to show up in your life. Maybe we've missed God's messengers because we haven't looked up to notice.